You're listening to the Sports Blog New York podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, the SBNY podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts app, Google Play, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us there. Hopefully soon, actually, with the help of my friends uh, who are my co-hosts, my guests on today's podcast, hopefully soon on Spotify as well. Not yet, but maybe soon. We'll see. But also... On the Team Left Jab Radio Network feed, you can listen to the SBNY podcast on Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, and again, anywhere you listen to podcasts, our friends over at Team Left Jab Radio are looking for some sports content, some New York sports content. We are happy to offer some of that content. So check them out, Team Left Jab, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio. If you're listening to me talk now, you found me somewhere, and just know there's more places to listen to the SBNY podcast as well. But today, my guests are fantastic, and there's something special about having people on who have their own show or a radio host or podcast host or something, because they just know how to keep the conversation going, keep it interesting, keep the energy high, and these two guests absolutely crush it at doing that. I had Don Wagonblast and Scott Wagonblast of the Run Up the Fantasy Football podcast on with me today to talk all things NFL Draft. It was awesome to have Don and Scott on, uh, and you may have heard them in the past. I had them on before last season's NFL um, you know, kickoff, basically, to get your NFL fantasy drafts in order, and, and they crush it then, and they crushed it again today, talking NFL draft, and even a touch of NBA playoffs in the very beginning. So Scott, he is at WagsFF on Twitter, and then also we got Don, he's at Why So Serious, and of course the Run Up the Fantasy Football podcast is at Rutz, R-U-T-S-F-F, Rutz F-F on Twitter as well. You have to check them out. They crushed fantasy football coverage, and they crushed the NFL draft coverage with me today. Just some of the things that we covered today include, obviously, the Kyler Murray situation. It kind of is the key to the entire draft. What happens with the Cardinals and Kyler Murray will then basically give us a glimpse of what can happen next in regards to the Jets, in regards to the Giants, and everything in between and after. So, obviously, the Giants might be a little more tied to the Kyler Murray draft just in case they're interested in Josh Rosen, but otherwise, the Jets, who may be interested in trading back, become very intricate in that situation as well. So Scott and Don and myself, we talk you through everything. We talk you through the players we like the most, the players we want to see wearing the green and white or the blue and white, uh, basically in our backyard in MetLife come this season. There's tons of outcomes, tons of players who can become the future franchise players of the Jets and Giants, and that's what we're here to talk about today. So stay tuned for a fantastic episode. If you like what you've been hearing, don't be bashful. Hit me on my Twitter, at Pete Kennedy with two Ys on the end. Or if you go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, drop a five-star rating and a review. Tell me what you like, what you don't like about the show so we can make it better. So we can give you what you want, what you need to hear. And don't you worry, more NBA playoffs content coming as the first round ends and the second round commences. It's going to be a blast. So here's the SBNY podcast on iTunes app podcast app. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'm Pete Kennedy, joined by my guests of the Run Up the Fantasy Football podcast, Scott and Don Wagonblast. Stay tuned.
What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Sports Blog New York podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy. I am your host. Joining me today, two very special guests who have been on this podcast once before, one of which, may not even know, was shouted out on a recent episode. And that was you, Scott. But with me today, two members of the Run Up to Score Fantasy Football podcast, the big bros from Jersey, Don and Scott Wagonblast, the two of the three co-hosts. Shout out to Tom Hillier, who's not with us today, of the Ruts Fantasy Football podcast. Guys, thank you so much for talking draft with me today. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, shout out to Tom. He's here in spirit as he always is. When he's, he's always with us, yeah, physically. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for having us. We were just talking before. We haven't even come back for our third season yet. We're coming back in May, but uh, so this is a nice, uh, this is a nice little uh, takeoff for us. So we appreciate you having us on, Pete. Absolutely, and Scott, we're, um, I don't think you were aware of this. You actually caught a shout out from John Lucas Duffy, our my other co-host, on our podcast. So just there's just a week ago, maybe. I, I would love to hear why I didn't I didn't catch that. And we'll talk a quick second of hoop here because that's what it was in regards to. And we were we were breaking down. And please don't take this as as an insult because it was not meant to be that. It was, okay. It was, <laughs> here comes an insult always <laughs> followed by a statement like that. <laughs> so we're talking about Jared Dudley. Okay. Yeah. We're talking about how this man is just on the court, not like you know he's not looking like he's Ben Simmons. He doesn't look like Ben Simmons, but he's just doing everything right. He's draining threes. He's playing incredible defense, and his team's just crushing it. So Duffy right. goes, you know what? It, it kind of reminds me, and shout out to Scott Wagonblast from TCNJ uh, Rec Center. And I was like, well, Scott, you know, had maybe a little more. That's go- not an insult at all. <laughs> going on the uh, on the athleticism front uh, relative to the competition to Jared Dudley, but. Nonetheless, in the TCNJ Rec Center, Scott, you, you kind of ran the show here and there. I appreciate you saying that so much, and I will hold that in my heart absolutely forever for all of time. <laughs> but, you know, it goes to show that, you know, there's there's really small guys in the NFL that do very well. And, you know, there's guys like Big Baby and like Jared Dudley who can play well in the NBA. It doesn't matter what your size is. As long as you can play, you got a chance. There's no stat that measures heart. Look at Jared Dudley. He's and pulling up and missing a, a bucket right now. <laughs> <laughs> I believe uh, Duffy referenced that you would hit some incredibly long threes. With the with the well, left hand, of course. Yes, when you're slower than everyone, you got to find a way to get the ball in the bucket somehow. So I just moved further back as far as I could. <laughs> yeah, especially if they're covering you at the th- like. What does Steph Curry do? They pick him up at the three point line. So what does he do? Shoot behind the three point line. Take a step back. Like, no problem. <laughs> you know, it's, you just got to practice, just like everything else. So I'm, I'm glad you appreciated but, that as the compliment. It was meant to be. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love that. Yeah. You could. That's the, if you if you're not gonna talk. Uh, Fantasy football with Scott. If you just talk about balling at the wreck, oh man, that's like his number two all time conversation piece. So much nostalgia. I'm glad to hear it. this is the right podcast for you. And also, this podcast yes. <laughs> is going to be heavy NFL draft. Uh, obviously, it's just a day or two away now, depending on when you're listening to this. And it, it's an interesting one. And we were talking about it before we started recording. Maybe the coverage is down a little bit because the skill positions and the quarterback names are just kind of not there like they were in years past obviously last year we had four quarterbacks we had the Jets and Giants the hometown teams picking two three this year it's three six so not that different but no. the skill position names the quarterback names are a little bit uh, less known or not as exciting so it's the coverage has been weird but it's nonetheless it's very interesting so we're going to dive deep into that uh, with Don and Scott here in a minute but real quick what, what are you guys thoughts on this uh, NBA playoff so far I got some interesting series going I think the Portland Trailblazers are going to the finals. Whoa, you and Chuck? Yeah, Don and Chuck and, Ken, and I, Kenny, man. So, like, I think Houston can beat the Warriors with the way that the war, like, dealing with the boogie injury. And I think that the Rockets can upend 
the um, I think the, I, sorry, I think the Blazers can upend the Rockets if they get there. Um, there's a lot of ifs in this situation. It's probably just going to end with Golden State oh, hoisting yeah. its fourth Larry O'Brien Trophy in five years, and I'm all for it because then it sets up, you know, since the Le- really the best NBA offseason since the LeBron Wade Bosch offseason in 2010. Like this yeah. is what we're we're headed towards. I mean, like. Kawhi Leonard's a free agent this year and nobody's talking about it yet. Cause everybody's like so focused on ke- the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving thing, the Anthony Davis thing. Yeah. I'm uh, excited for like this, just the semifinal rounds. I think the East semifinals is going to be really fun with uh, Boston and, and Milwaukee and then Philly, Philly taking on uh, who are they, who are they going to do gonna battle Toronto. with yeah, Toronto? That's going to be another good series too. And then like Don was saying with the West, you get the warriors and the rockets as like a Western conference final preview almost. And then, you know, whoever comes from that other side of the West, I'm not putting too much stock in, but I I'm a huge Damian Lillard fan. So I was texting uh, Pete earlier and like, I could watch Damian Lillard play against Russell Westbrook for the rest of my entire life because their <laughs> hatred is just like must see TV to me. It's amazing. Like that's, this is where we need Tim Donahue back in the NBA yes. just to like, make sure that the first round matchup in the West playoffs seven. is Blazers <laughs> yeah. thunder for the next seven years until one of the two uh, between oh, Westbrook man. and I, l- I love watching them bark at each Unbelievable. other. And the funny thing is Russell Westbrook is taking it very much so as a personal one-on-one battle. And it may be like the telltale sign of why his team's losing and Damian Lillard's team is winning because Lillard's making the winning plays. And if he gets up eight shots and a half, he's okay with it. And Russ is just the exact opposite. I actually saw a stat from Tom Havishow today that in the three last elimination games for Russ, which have been losses, all three of them, um, he's put uh, put up like 40 shots. In his last 18 games, he's four and 14 playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, it's brutal. Well, the first game of that stretch is the first game of the three in a row that they lost to the Warriors when they were up three one. So that's an interest. It's like, you know, if you add the other four right in, it's like, I think it's seven of 21. Yeah, it's so. It's, I don't know. I agree with you though. Like Lillard's like deep in his head and you know, I've always said to to Don privately that I, I think Lillard's like the best point guard in the league besides maybe Steph Curry. He's like right behind him. And, and this year he's kind of proven that. So that's one of the things I've really enjoyed throughout the playoffs too. Yeah. And this will be his second year in a row in the MVP ballot. Like he made it last year and this year he might be like three or four on the MVP ballot when it's all said and done. And it's not to be slept on. Obviously he doesn't get the looks for being number one on the MVP ballot. But yeah. to be on the ballot two years in a row is saying something. And uh, so you're you're thinking the Warriors have a real chance to upset the the war. I mean, the Rockets have a real chance to upset the Warriors. But then you see them slipping maybe in the Western Conference Finals. Is that what, is that what I'm hearing here? I hate the Rockets. Oh man, me and you mostly are rivals. because of Chris Paul. We're rivals. Right I can't now. stand Chris Paul. So I just want the most heartbreak imaginable for him. Fair. Actually, and so fair. I feel like getting over the hump, beating the Warriors, where he like is healthy and then just losing to the Rockets or to the Blazers without Yusuf Nurkic would just be like, I think the best, or if the jazz come back and win four in a row against them Oof. and no and, way and th- that's not going to happen. I've already punted on that idea. No way. Uh, so, so we'll see. It's, you know, I think the second round last year was where the playoffs got really good. It's going to be the same thing this year. I think the series I'm most looking forward to is Boston, Milwaukee, because oh boy. everybody's been saying Boston's always been saying like, we get to the playoffs. We can figure this out. We'll be fine. Well, guess what? It's now time. you got Giannis, 
who's elevated his MVP level that he's played at all year to another level in the postseason so far. Yes, he was playing against a depleted Detroit team, but I mean, he is on a mission and I, it's really difficult for me to see anybody other than Milwaukee coming out of the East right now. Wow. Yeah. I mean, my hope for the East, my like personal hope, not what I thought was going to happen was that Kawhi Leonard kind of just shows up and just, pulls down his pants and is like I'm here and he's had uh, he's had a game a game or two like that against Orlando for sure and I, I would love to see him just be like yeah I'm gonna just carry the Raptors to the finals and then leave anyway and I think it's very possible so I want to see Raptors versus Celtics or Raptors versus Bucks uh but the Sixers are sneaky man and every time we think the Sixers are falling apart or whatever they can put together a game where they just look absolutely incredible so uh it's, yeah. it's gonna be awesome to watch this next round and uh also don't don't let anybody ever say that the run up the fan run up the score fans with all boys only know football because it's not true clearly right there Ugh. Oh no, we love basketball. And you know, I was all over, you know, your, your trade deadline episodes and, you know, I'm happy that you cover the NBA so much. It gives me an outlet to talk to somebody about my inner thoughts about the NBA. So I yeah. appreciate you uh, dealing with my ramblings on Twitter. Oh, anytime that you guys want, want on the show to talk some hoop, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready Sounds to good. go, but I think it's time for us to switch to why we were actually here and that's to talk about the NFL draft. And there's really, there's no other, other place to start here. There's no other place to start the number one pick is Kyler. it is it Kyler Murray um so Kyler Murray obviously quarterback Oklahoma baseball not baseball he chose football and now we're here so many rumors when it's talking about the Cardinals talking about the number one pick where do you guys stand on this Kyler Murray situation if he's going to go number one or not I mean the, the the theme of the NFL for the last few years now has been get the guy you think is going to be your franchise quarterback for the next you know 10 to 15 years and figure out the rest later and so if the Cardinals think that Kyler Murray gives them a better chance to get to a Super Bowl than Josh Rosen, they're going to take him. Now, listen, we didn't see anything that's worth carrying over into this season from Josh Rosen. It was a garbage fire. It's not fair to hold Rosen staff. against him. They were under they him. were undermanned the, at the wide receiver position. David Johnson was coming back after missing basically all of the season from last year. So I don't really know what the Cardinals are going to do. I would love to see them not take Kyler Murray only for the storyline, because then you've got uh, San Francisco at pick two. They have Jimmy Garoppolo. They're not going to take a quarterback. The right. Jets it, gets, are at three. it gets interesting. Like Murray could start to slide a little bit, yeah. but I don't know. I, I keep going back to a cliff Kingsbury quote where they talked to him while he was at, uh, he was offensive coordinator uh, this year in college. They were like, if you had the first pick, who would you take? He was like, if I had the first pick, I would take Kyler Murray. No doubt. It's like, well, now you do. And I don't think that they passed that opportunity up because the offense I think is going to be tailor made for Kyler Murray to just run around and, you know, throw those quick passes and kind of look like he exactly what he did in college. And honestly, if he gets put in that system, I think he's going to be really, really successful. Yeah. I, I love uh, the stat because everyone obviously talks about his size. That's the one real knock on him. If he was six foot two, I mean, the guy's a, a great arm. He's athletic as hell. There wouldn't be a lot else to say other than the fact that he's a, he's a tiny quarterback. Uh, right. But the stat that comes out that I always find interesting is that he doesn't get balls batted down the line. And no. he, he uses the arm angle, uh, different slots. He gets the ball out. He gets it out quickly when needed. Like That's something that comes up when uh, it's an easy kind of like punch back at somebody's like, yeah, but he's 5'10", or he's not even 5'10". He's actually like 5'8". He got uh, extra inches on his combine, whatever they say. And it's like, right. yeah, but this dude figures out a way to get the ball off, and the ball just flies out of his hand. So, yeah, a lot of these guys with that baseball, former baseball pedigree, like you see Russell Wilson and you see Drew Brees, Patrick who are Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, who are all former baseball I players. You, I thought you were going to say like yourself, but that's okay. 
Oh yeah, I wish I could throw a quarterback one quarter of the way like they could. I think Scott's football days are behind. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm well past those, but uh, I never really started them either. I never actually even played a down of real football, but <laughs> that's besides the point. Uh, the point here is being that when you are a baseball player, you're used to throwing from different arm angles and all that type of thing, and I think he incorporates that in his game. You know, you watch that while he's at Oklahoma, and I think just his overall speed is like video game cheat code speed. Like we have never seen his agility. We've seen Michael Vick's speed, but this dude is, you know, like an, like a Tariq Cohen. Once he gets the ball and is in open space, it's unbelievable. And I think that if he goes to a team that gets him a system that gives him a chance to move around a little bit and play like Kyler Murray wants to play, he's going to have a really, really nice year. Yeah. And I'm just going to throw in Scott. You started off with a quote from a coach. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a quote from another coach that came out today. I've watched him. I think he's a heck of a player. I was hoping he would go the football route because he's so talented where football is going today. He'll be great. Ooh, that's a quote about Kyler Murray said by Andy Reed, Andy. Reed. So you've got the guy who's in charge of the number one overall stuff, pick stuff. who's in love with them. And then you've also got Andy Reed who I'm just going to say it the best mind for quarterback evaluation in the last 15 years. This is the guy who gave us Donovan McNabb. This is the guy who showed us that Alex Smith probably was worthy of the number one overall pick in the right situation. And it's the guy who fearlessly went to Patrick Mahomes for an MVP season, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. Like, you know, we don't know what the ceiling for Patrick Mahomes in. And the guy who discovered all of them was Andy Reid, And he's putting his stamp of approval on Kyler Murray. I mean, there's a big reason why I think the Cardinals could and should take him with the first overall pick and the Rosen thing. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate because you know, he's got a great chance, but, and I don't want to see him become, you know, Christian Ponder, Blaine Gabbert, like, or um, Jake. Walker, I think he's better than those guys where, but. where his replacement was drafted a year later. But right. you know, if you find the guy you like, I mean, this is the unfortunate part of the business of the NFL, I guess. Yeah. He could be a casualty of the business, of the NFL for sure. This off season. Wow. I mean, the Andy Reid thing, that's an awesome quote right now. I did not hear that. So thank you, Don. Yeah. Uh, that was, I mean, that's my favorite tweet of the draft. Yeah. You hear so that far. from Andy Reid. It's like, okay, it's just getting, it just gets more and more legitimate as you keep hearing it from, from the everyone, you know, in the, in the NFL and around college that this kid, this kid's going to be the real deal, man. Yeah. And for fantasy purposes, his running oh, yeah. ability. Go. Oh. oh my God. Oh, wow. He's We're going to be <laughs> drooling over him all off season and all season long as he throws together a nice highlight yeah. reel. I, I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to start to get his name attached to the, whatever team drafts him, get him in the mock draft pool, see where people are taking him and stuff. It's yep. going to be a really interesting uh, year for basically him and nobody else. It doesn't really look like a lot of these other quarterbacks like drew lock or Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins are going to be day one starters like Murray factors to be right. Uh, so it's like going back to how you open the show, Pete. I mean, it's a very strange draft because it's loaded with upfront defensive talent. It's they we got some great lineman prospects, but the quarterbacks, the running backs, wide receivers, the reason that you would want run up the score to come on your show and talk draft is like not there. There's no Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley or even a Christian McCaffrey in this draft. There's no Julio. This is There's why no he Sammy really Watkins. needs us for the deep dives. Yeah. This is what we live for. Even, That's true. even on like the lesser extent, like with the receivers and stuff, like is there even a Calvin Ridley? Is there even a shout out Cardinals, Christian Kirk, who had some some decent little games uh, moving on throughout the season? Like we, we're going to talk about him as we move on, but DK Metcalf, people don't know if he could run routes. Like people don't know how dedicated right. to football he is. He, uh, he may not even have been the best receiver on his team, which is a thought that I may hold. But yeah. it's interesting. A real question, quick question on Kyler Murray. Say he's drafted by the Cardinals. We talked about how Josh Rosen didn't have a ton of help. 
do we feel that impacts Kyler Murray quite quite the same, or does his athleticism and ability to kind of do stuff on his own maybe help uh, lift up those guys? I think the reason that that we didn't like Rosen's situation was coaching more than it right. was personnel. Uh, that's definitely what it was for me. I won't speak for Don, but you know they went through so much change and so much overhaul in a guy's rookie season that it's impossible for him to do good. And you know you lose your offensive coordinator in the middle of the year, and then you end up losing your whole coaching regime. And they just clean house after that. You know you kind of see the writing on the wall that this is a possibility, and then all these dominoes just kind of fall into place. And here you are looking at Rosen as the odd man out, but. You know, he gets a he gets the second year of Christian Kirk. He gets what looks to be the final year of Larry Fitzgerald's career. He gets David Johnson with his sea legs underneath him. David Johnson, by the way, was on the fringe of RB one despite not quite performing at the level that you were hoping for. But it really all comes down to coaching. Who was the Chiefs' second best wide receiver this year? Do you guys remember this? Last year? Uh like this yeah. past season? Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah. Chris Conley. It was Chris Conley. Yeah. Right. So right. coaching matters more for a quarterback's opportunity than his personnel group does. I mean, look at what Baker Mayfield did down the stretch for Cleveland last year. Like if you've got the right quarterback in the right system, you're going to be fine with whoever you're throwing out there because your coach is going to be smart enough to scheme ways to highlight his player strengths. And quite frankly, the Cardinals coaching staff didn't do that for Rosen or anybody else on the Cardinals offense last year. How long did it take them to just put David Johnson in the slot at wide receiver? last year. <laughs> yeah. Like it took them like five weeks to do that. There was a watch on rotoworld.com. They were like, like, here we go again. Another week. Yeah. David Johnson, zero <laughs> snaps at wide receiver. So like, I just think it's, it's so much more than who's out there with right. him. I think it's the scheme. And also, I mean, you know, all due credit to Josh Rosen. Cause this was a guy that Scott, Tom, and myself were very high on. Oh yeah. Out of the draft yeah last I thought year. it was the best quarterback. Our one quarterback. And, but Kyler Murray's way more athletic. Right. And he's probably way more talented in terms of arm strength right. than Josh Rosen is. So, and if Kingsbury wants to run that system, you know, where he wants to play in the shotgun and, and run around and use running, running options for deception with his quarterback. I mean, that ain't Rosen. No, that's Kyler Murray. Yeah. That's Taylor made for Kyler Murray. So it's a tough situation, I think for everybody involved, but I think the result's going to end up being number one overall pick Kyler Murray. And at some point in the draft, you're going to see Josh Rosen get moved. Yep. Yeah, and that's exactly what. Thank you for that segue. You're doing my job for me over here. That's exactly what I want to wanted to get to next. Uh, I was with you guys last year. Josh Rosen was my favorite quarterback in this draft. I mean, I think for my team, I may have wanted Sam Darnold just based off like the personality and just the rock solidness uh, of his person, maybe for Sam Darnold. But as far as quarterback skill and the way the ball came out of his hand, all that stuff, I loved Rosen. I was right there with you guys. And this obviously now becomes a Giants uh, conversation as well. The Giants don't right. have a quarterback. Dave Gettleman may be telling you this thing, but I like to think that even he knows that Eli doesn't have it. He's just trying to be a little, dis- put a disguise on it. Is he like trying hand. to just be a GM for the next two or three years? Like, is I, he not trying know. to look down the road? It's, it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me to think that, you know, he thinks Eli, okay. He thinks Eli's great and that's fine. He's allowed to think that he can think whatever he wants. He's a grown man. Who's probably analyzed a lot more football than I have, but I've seen Eli play. That's so debatable. And no, but, but the thing is, <laughs> and, I'm, like, I'm not convinced that he believes that. Like, I think he thinks he's outsmarting people. I think he believes that he's just dis- like being 
deceptive. Deceptive. Right now. That's okay. my. That's you my think they duck. are going to go quarterback? How is he being deceptive when he pulled the franchise tag away from Josh Norman in Carolina? <laughs> well, the Carolina. What, what was deceptive about that? Carolina's like, goal was to cut cap, wasn't it? Like, wasn't that one of their things? Like, why he was there to cut cap and create? All right, like, yeah, it was. Figure it out somewhere, some other way. I don't know. Yeah, the best no, cover corner in the league, though. I don't want to make my, this. Like, that's all I'm saying. Let's, let's try and focus on the Giants. But, I don't, don't want to make this a, a defense. I think the biggest part of this trade, the biggest issue I have with the Giants possibly trading for Rosen is you're asking Dave Gettleman to make a smart decision. Oh. which he hasn't shown that he's capable of doing in this entire offseason. Where is Odell Beckham Jr.? Because he's not a giant anymore. Cleveland. And I feel, like, I feel like if you have an aging quarterback who's, I don't know, eight years past his prime. When was that last <laughs> Super Bowl? 2011? Yeah, eight <laughs> years past his prime. Okay, go, like, you can go you nine have, if you want. Yes. And what do you replace him with? Another slot receiver to go with your young budding star slot receiver instead and your Shepard. tight end. Who's r- really good in the slot. Amazing in the slot is, is Evan Ingram. And then you've got Saquon. Who's going to be, <laughs> I don't know, running out of the backfield. Like is Saquon Barkley, the number one outside threat at receiver for the giants right He's now. Everything. So like, I don't know what the plan is. Maybe David Gettleman knows it, but if he does, it's still a bad one. We were on. Yeah, so we were watching. No, I don't on, think the Giants get Rosen. We were watching on ESPN before they had them. Uh, they had them mock drafting out uh, Drew Locke with like the seventeenth pick, and uh, I don't know. I just don't think that's a Giants move. I actually do think they end up trading for Rosen, either them or the Redskins. Whoever, like, I think it's once Dwayne Haskins goes, once he gets picked. The Rosen deal is going to come soon after that. So you you're not convinced if this trade happens for the Giants, it has to happen before number six. No, yeah, yeah, I'm not, yeah, because they could probably get away with giving them like the 17th pick and maybe you know a couple of futures as opposed to giving them that sixth overall right. pick for I, Rosen. I think giving up the six would be insane, to be honest. I mean, yeah. this guy though he was I think drafted it'd be a mistake. Yeah, he was drafted 10th last year, so we understand he's a first round quarterback. He could have went higher, uh, but when you get drafted. Like your your value doesn't often go up. You know what I mean? Like the fact that we got two first round picks for Odell is, is actually, you know, it's nothing to to laugh at. But Josh Rosen, who showed nothing his rookie year, like you guys mentioned right. before, his stock didn't go up. Now, granted, if he was in this draft, that's what I want to circle back to. If he was just objectively in this draft, say he was at UCLA with one more year, where would he land, right? Like, would he be neck and neck with Kyler Murray? Would he be neck and neck with Dwayne Haskins? Pro I think fo- I could see him being 1A. Right? So, to, to, or yeah, 1A to Kyler Murray's one. Because, I mean, like, there's nobody else that separated themselves. And I don't know what happened to Dwayne Haskins. Like, I thought he was going to be, I thought he was going to be the first quarterback taken until Murray declared. And, yeah, he, it's and one, he's done you know, nothing wrong, is the weird part. He's done nothing wrong, Kyler Murray. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, sorry. He's, I like, think it's just because of that one year. He only has played one year. So is yeah, Kyler. I mean, that's fair because Trubisky. I agree. Did it too, so what? He had his lumps in Chicago his first year, but Trubisky looked okay. You know, he looks pretty good. They're pretty different. Promising I think. With I think Nagy. Haskins has a has a real arm, like a real really NFL does. arm. I mean, like he reminds me a lot of Jameis Winston. He's got a cannon. That's yeah. good. That's good comp. He, but, just, um, he just doesn't move that well, unfortunately. Yeah. And you know, yeah, with, well. the, with, with the Giants' offensive line problems, a lot of fans would just be nervous that he doesn't move well because we don't tend to protect well. So Eli will teach him how to crumble. Don't worry. <laughs> what was it on Tom Brady's uh, 
scouting report statuesque in the pocket. How'd yeah. it work out for him? That's true. He's all right. That's a good point. But but it's you're great. right. You're it's right. Pete. Great for fantasy, but you know, real you're life right. You're right about Rosen because it's like a it's like a car, right? Once you buy a car, once it comes off the lot, it loses value right off the bat. Right. Unfortunately, NFL players are treated like that. Yeah. So once you get drafted and once you get in the NFL, it, it doesn't matter where you got drafted. It's where you're valued today. And I think that the the Cardinals have struggled with that, which is why they haven't gotten a deal done yet. But like I said, once Haskins comes off the board, it's like those other quarterbacks are very much like, eh, I think if I was a team personally thinking I'd rather take a shot, trade in my first round pick on Rosen instead of picking one of those guys there. Yeah. I mean, why not? If you're Miami, you know, like what, like Miami needs so much, like get the quarterback. If they think Rosen's their guy. And I think, you know, there were a lot of teams that like a lot of teams traded up last year, including the Cardinals to get Rosen. So I don't, I don't really know because the Cardinals, if they don't ship Rosen and they take like, let's say they take Quinn and Williams or Nick Bosa. I think that would be like, that's what I'm rooting for here because that just sets up this unbelievable thing of the 49ers aren't going to take a quarterback. The jets won't take a quarterback. The Raiders might, but is somebody going to trade up right. for Murray to the, to get the 49ers or jets pick. And if you're the jets and the Cardinals pass on Kyler Murray, you're seeing dollar signs in your eyes because someone is going to give you a King's ransom for that pick to, for that pick. And the jets want to get out of that third pick. I'm guessing because you know, they spent so much money on their offense this off season. They're going to just try to load up on defense with young guys who are, who look like they're pro ready. And if they can get two two first round draft picks or a first and a second this year and a first next year to do it while Darnold's still on his rookie deal, be huge. the Jets are going to be scary. And I know Scott, as a Jets fan, you love that. Oh my God. I was going to say, I know Very one of you guys is a Jets fan and I wanted to make sure before I went in any direction. So Scott, you are the, the household Jeff fan here. Yeah. Me and Tom are both shout outs to Tom again. Me and Tom are both Ooh. jets fans. We try to be jets fans the best that we can, but I'm not uh, a huge fan, but I do think they're going to the super bowl. Je- <laughs> the jets are in a, the jets. That's a lie, but yeah. the jets are in a great position. <laughs> I think, you know, worst case scenario, the jets end up with Quinn Williams. It seems like, which is like, okay, they just get another dominant defensive tackle to help out their defense named which, Williams. Yeah. You can't, you can't get upset with that. Um, going back to the giants though. I think, I think there's an obvious pick for them. I'm going to call my shot now. They got to take Devin White from LSU, the linebacker. Mm-hmm. At six, you're I, saying? Yeah, at yeah. six. I think that's a lock. I think he's like a Miles Jack, like Deion Jones type of coverage, hybrid blitz line, like a stud. I think that's who they're going to take. And I think it's so important uh, to just mention in regards to Giants. When was the last time they had a linebacker of that much worth or that much versatility? Oh, like, Antonio just, Pierce. And he was on the back end. And he was on the back end, too, you know? So yeah, you lose, oh yeah. you lose big time playmakers and, you know, in multiple levels on that defense with Olivier Vernon and with Landon Collins, I think it's, a, I think he would be a great pick for them. Sure. Up the middle of that defense. Does he remind you of either of the two stud uh, linebackers from last year, Leonard or Van Der Esch? Um, I thought I, I think of him more as, um, who I said before, like Deion Jones, kind of, uh, like the guy from the, the Falcons, right. Or Miles he, Jack. he's more, I think he seems like more of a coverage guy. Cause yeah. he's got like really good sideline to sideline speed. And, uh, I think it's just a really good fit. But in terms of the way that they can impact their defenses right away, those are the two guys right. Pete, that you're looking at. You're looking at Leonard on in Indianapolis and Van Der Esch in, right. in Dallas. And that's the impact you want him to have. And I think Devin white's the guy at the top of the draft board where the giants are not going to be picking a quarterback. It seems pretty established at right. this point. So, you know, go get the guy. That's a huge fan service pick for them to 
to just just have all the Giants fans on my Twitter tweeting, we finally drafted a linebacker. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. And we're like, you traded Odell Beckham. Pete, would you like that as a Giants fan? Absolutely. I mean, he also has a little bit of the name value that helps out in the top in the top uh, 10. If you're drafting top 10, you hope that your fans at least heard of this guy. And if you right. watch any college football, he's one of the guys you know a lot about. Sometimes these defensive tackles or the offensive linemen, their names really get mixed up here. And if they're good players or not. You know, it doesn't bring a lot of hype on draft night, but Devin White, I think he's the balance between impact and you know who he is or heard heard about him a lot throughout his time in LSU. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, agree. I, I would be into that pick. I don't think I don't see how you couldn't be, uh, unless you would just say you know maybe like there's a guy later at seventeen could be similar. Like is Devin Bush? Would you say he's like a similar position to Devin White? Like they're both kind of really athletic linebackers now. Yeah, they are. But to me, I think that when the, when these when these guys have like that, you know, that very top end first first round grade, they're typically worth it, and they typically pan out. Like they don't, right. they normally don't miss on middle linebackers like being that highly talented. So if I were them, I think I'd take the risk there because there's a lot of like there's a lot more value toward the back end of the draft if you wanted to go offense or if you wanted to even go like cornerback. There's really like only a few cornerbacks going off in the first couple of rounds. So I think back at 17, they could still, you know, they could still find what they're looking for. Sure. Uh, so, all right, that's, that's great stuff. I want to just touch one more thing with the giants before we move on to uh, the actual specifics you guys can see happening with the jets here. So when it comes to the quarterback, how do you rate just strict straight up Josh Rosen or the field Haskins lock Jones? Uh, and I'll say this last thing before I let you guys jump in. Do you feel that, picking a quarterback at 17 is kind of punting on filling that spot. Because if you do like a guy as much to pick him in the first round to become your next franchise quarterback, you should just take him at six when you can get him. Like, how do you feel about that entire sitch? I think punting, punting on the quarterback position would be doing what they've done the last two, three years in the Davis Webb and Ryan Nassib picks. And, and then what was the other guy Loletta. who got arrested this year? Laurier, Kyle Loletta. or whatever. He needed a Loletta. lawyer. He needed a lawyer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Perfect. But I mean, so like g- waiting until like the second, third round when the top prospects are done and, th- and listen, like if the giants don't believe in any of these other guys, like they're not going to get Kyler Murray. I think that's pretty obvious, right. but if they don't believe in Haskins and Locke and Jones and blah, 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 like fine, don't take them. But what everybody's saying is you should have taken one last year. Now, of course this is, this is sacrificing the Saquon pick, which, you know, too many giants fans love and yeah, I love it too. Mean, yeah. But you know, it's just, they've already punted on the quarterback position in my opinion, by not addressing it sooner. Right. Yeah. I think, I think just based off the draft class, if it's really not one to be excited about, I would use one of the earlier picks on a defensive player. I really would. I think use them both. I mean, I I think that I think the top 10 picks that like all these guys coming off our defensive players, there's going to be a reason for that. And it's because they're going to be game changers. So I don't think I'd miss the boat in the front of that. And I'd, I think I'd, I'd actually take that approach. I, I would like that approach as a giants fan. Let's wait and see if people are trading up like crazy for these other quarterbacks, whatever they're not for us, but let's evaluate it. And maybe we can get the one we want at 17. Yeah. And if not to a tag of is eligible next year. Hell yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Too bad, Trevor Lawrence. How badly did I butcher his last name? Uh, We'll we'll have to work on that one. Yeah, we're gonna just go with Tua. I think Tua. (laughs) (laughs) He's one of those guys who should just be a first name guy, like Zion Williamson should just be Zion. Tua, Tua, whatever should just be Tua. Yeah, I think uh, my my uh, buddy was a 
intern at Alabama football uh, the year he was coming in as a freshman. And they, they called the him guy who dropped off the duffel bags full of money. Yeah, actually that was his sole purpose to be there. <laughs> Except he was working. He was working for free, unfortunately. Um, but yes. no, they, they called him Tua Tua. Don't repeat the name. <laughs> Tua Tua. So that's inside sourcing from uh, my friend who coached at Alabama for a season. Tua Tua. Okay. Good, good so to know. Good. His name's so good they used two of them. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice one. Wow. There we go. About the score season three coming back soon. <laughs> More corny jokes like that. Oh. Don, Don Wagonblast, Scott Wagonblast. Shout out to Tom Hillier, who's now with us. Two of the three hosts of the Run of the Score Fans Football podcast, Ruts FF on Twitter. Follow them all uh, on Twitter, especially if you when you want to like hear their episodes and whatnot. But the content in between the episodes on Twitter is <laughs> is top notch as well. So hit them on Twitter and uh, you know hit them up with questions like I do very often as well. Yes, throughout your we love draft it. Season. That is like the best part of the podcast is that hour and a half, like eleven thirty to one on Sunday when we're just going through Twitter and we're checking injuries and we got questions from all, all, all people all across, yeah. you know, creation. Um, and you know, so we, we love it. I so, texted Scott. Oh, this is why, this is why we love doing this show too. It's cause we get to kind of look at this from another perspective. Cause like I've been mentally checked out of this draft almost completely for up until this week, because you know, just the fantasy impact of it is like, if you're doing, if you're in a dynasty league, this is one of the worst rookie drafts you're going to have in the history of your league, because there's no running back. Like Bryce love is there, but I do have an argument though. Like, yes, it will be, it will be tough, but with these guys all being picked, like at the, like a lot of these guys are going to go, like a lot of your skill position players are going to go as back end first round picks or back end second round picks, which means they're going to get drafted to likely good teams right. with good quarterbacks and good systems in place. So, as much as it's annoying to like try and wade the waters of who is going to be the ones who break out, I think there's going to be guys who really land in some situations like, wow, that's going to yeah. be dangerous. And this is why we didn't come back to do a draft preview episode. We want to do the draft reaction episode because that kind of starts to settle the dust a little bit, not only for these rookies, but for who's left in the free agent pool. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, this is like really when it starts to ramp up to the first gear. I would say of the fantasy football season. So check them out on all the podcast platforms where you listen, run up the score. Fantasy Spotify. We're on Spotify now. Yo, I'm so happy about that. How'd you guys do that? You got to hook me up. We'll talk after the show. Yeah. We'll, I gotta get on we'll, yeah, we'll talk on after that. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you on there. I got to get on there. You guys, you guys, really <laughs> you guys run the show over there. You can get me on, hook me up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll put in a text right now to somebody. Don't worry. You'll be on by the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about the jet super quick. Cause then we got to talk about some of these skill position guys. Um, and whatnot, and some of the players you guys like moving forward throughout the rest of the draft. So, Scott, just take the floor. You are the Jets fan here. Me and Don will take a backseat until we need uh, feel the need to butt in. But Jets, what do you want to happen? Like I was saying earlier, it's it's a really nice position for the Jets to be in because for for the first time in about twenty years, going into the draft, our quarterback position is settled, so we don't have to worry about that for once. And guess what? Our running back position is as well. We have Robbie Anderson, we got Quincy and Newman, we just signed Jamison Crowder. So, really, the only things you're looking at for the Jets are our defense and offensive line. Um, 
personally, I think they should trade back because like I said, you know, you lost buster screen. So you, you kind of need a corner replacement. And like I said, the corners are going later. So if you can try to trade out of that third pick to move back into the first, I'd like to see them do that and get one of these corners like the LSU corner, uh, greedy Williams. I saw that in the mock draft they were doing on ESPN. He went like 22nd. I'd be pumped if the jets would, would trade back and get him or you know, a guy like that. But worst case scenario, you're sitting there on the clock with not a lot of time left and Quinn Williams on the board. If you don't get a trade, you pick that guy, you add him into your defense and you just got a whole lot better. Yeah. I mean, I, like I've just been preaching like the jets, they didn't spend all of this money to get levy on bell to get, and really they spent a lot of money on defense too. Like they were the big spenders of free right. agency. And so it's a great time to be rooting for the jets because you know, like they're going for it here and they're going for it in a way it's that's a big spot. That's similar to the Rams, but yes. without the previous success of last season, there's not a lot of pressure, you know, but it's a big spot. Like if they yeah. trade out and get a lot of picks, you could be talking about this trade and how the jets bolstered a potential playoff team. Or, you know, like I said, at the very, if you're getting Quinn Williams at the worst case, you know, there, there's really not much to complain about. So for once as a jets fan, I'm pretty relaxed going into the draft. I mean, if you just look I mean, at some of the teams that had so much success, like you said, the Rams or the Eagles with Wentz or even now the Chiefs with Mahomes, when you have this quarterback, or if you go back further, the Seahawks with Russell Wilson, when you have this quarterback on a rookie deal, it's time to spend else, elsewhere. Because sooner, oh, yeah. sooner than you know it, you're going to have to pay your quarterback, which means you're going to have to start cutting elsewhere. And, and reload, yeah. Exactly. So the Jets are in that mode, spend, spend, spend now, surround Sam with what we need. And uh, a good way to supplement that is what you're saying here. Uh, Quinn and Williams sounds great and all, but if you can get a corner and a lower tier, maybe defensive lineman or an edge rusher later in the draft, like how do you pass that up? Pick for next year, right? Too, like- well, one of the things I was actually going to bring up, uh, you know, in my notes I have even written down before we were going to come on was I would love to see the Jets go trade that third pick for Frank Clark and a bunch of other picks, Ooh. but turns out he gets flipped immediately and signed to a mega deal by the chiefs right after, you know, it, I was thinking something like that could go down for the jets. Maybe they get a player and a pick, but like I said, it's a good position to be in hold strong jets. Just don't take, you know, something stupid, hold strong and know that, 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 that pick is, is worthy. They have the leverage for sure. Yeah, for once, don't screw it up. <laughs> you, you sound very confident, let me tell you. <laughs> it comes with the territory, man. It's impossible to not be confident. Well, like it's impossible to trust them. It really is. Let me, Sucks. Let me just say, let me just give you one uh, hypothetical here, because I just want to talk about another guy or two here. Say Quinn and Williams and Bosa are gone, right? And you do end up picking at number three. Is there another guy who you could really convince yourself to to buy into? The uh, the edge rusher. Uh, Adams from Kentucky. Uh, Allen. Yeah. Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Not tall. Josh Allen. Not tall. Josh Allen. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the rush end uh, probably can't even throw the ball over from what I, from what I've seen from him, <laughs> he looks pretty beastly too. So yeah. you, like, like I said, one of those guys in the, in that, in the defensive picks up there in the front, whoever's ranked at the top, I would just, whoever you have as your best available, just pick him and add him into that young jets defense. And it's going to help that being said though, if it goes Bosa, Quinn and Williams, somebody is going to trade at least four picks to get pick three. <laughs> if it, do, if it, if That's that happens, it. the jets are going to be pumped. Yeah. If that, if that, like, and really even the Murray pick, because like this, the Niners need defensive line help. And this is a defensive line, rich draft. So they'll, they'll be fine with whoever they get between Bosa and Williams. Right. I, I know this is a huge hypothetical and you know, it may come out by the time that you're listening to this, that 
you know, the Cardinals plan on taking Kyler Murray, but if they don't, man, it's an unbelievable hypothetical to think about. I've yep. been thinking about it all day. Here yeah. it is. Here's, and I'm not even a Jets fan. Here's my super <laughs> strong hot take hypothetical for you guys. All right. So Kyler Murray does not get drafted by the Cardinals. He's now available. The Jets uh pull the the friggin' school job on John Gruden and say, We got three teams calling. They want Kyler Murray right now. What do you got? Then the Raiders, they outbid themselves against nobody, trade from four to three just to get Kyler Murray to to and, stop other teams from not even trading there. <laughs> and you make this is like such the a, John Lynch Trubisky uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> trick he pulled on the Bears. But here's exactly. why this could work. Did you see that they the regime fired all of their scouts yes. like Friday <laughs> yes. of last week? Yeah, they told like, the scouts to they not don't come know back who to, to trust, this. and all of a sudden they're just like we can go get Kyler Murray. Yeah. And, that's and just, maybe this will be the end of it. John Gruden in a room with a guy whose football experience stems from TV just spells a lot of trouble to me, man. Right. And honestly, the Raiders have a crap ton of picks right now. So they I might know be the it's, team they have three with. first round picks, don't they? Yes. Yeah. I mean, oh, man, okay? that's who the jets should be trading with, but they're like, they're not going to, Oh man. Do you like my uh, anyway. hot take hypothetical there? I hope you're right. I, I really do. I would love to see that. If there was one team to fall for that trick two <laughs> years after the first time somebody fell for it, I have absolutely no doubt in my mind it would be John Gruden, 10 years, $100 million. <laughs> oh, um, man. It's, That's great. Yeah. There's there's one franchise that I can't stand more than the Giants right now, and it's Oakland. So, Wait, so are you, you know, if you really want to get the gears turning, let's let's. Yeah, Oakland's you know. ugly. Is but, your stance um, on hating the Giants right now based off of how incompetent they've been, or based off of yes. some other hatred? No, it's it's how incompetent they've been. Are, you, how, a, are like, you a Giants fan? No, no, just a just a known hater of all things. I, I am a mercenary <laughs> in my NFL fandom. Okay, I root for the teams that earn my respect, <laughs> namely. The, the Browns. No. Um, Don Wagonblast, hater of all things. I think that's going to be the tagline for you in this episode. Go for it. It's not wrong. Go for it. Yeah. Oh, man. Wait. Oh, yeah. But uh, where were we? I don't know. It's okay. We have to move John to talk Gruden. about. We got to talk about some other things that aren't uh, John Gruden because we have some players to talk about in regards to this draft here. Amen, uh, brother. So let's talk about some of these skill position guys. And I want to talk about two in particular first. Uh, because we said we mentioned wide receivers and running backs maybe being a little bit more low key here, but there are two tight ends who happen to be from the same college right now. Right, who yes, are, are pretty highly touted, and that's T.J. Hawkinson and uh, Noah Fant, both from Iowa. Both seem to be studs. Both are locks to be first round picks. Yeah, um, are these the most exciting skill quote skill players in the in the draft right now outside of the uh, quarterbacks? They wouldn't be if Bryce Love didn't tear his ACL. I loved him. Yeah, that stunk. That one stunk. Um, I mean, I think that there's a lot of exciting receivers when you look at Nikhil Harry from Arizona mm -hmm. State, who really had an awesome year, and has had just had uh, Larry Fitzgerald shower praise on him. I like to pay attention to those things, like who who like of the professionals or former professionals are like just showering praise on these young rookies. It goes a long way. Uh, One of the guys I'm real excited for is Hakeem Butler from Iowa State, and because he's been like working out with Calvin Johnson, and the dude's like six six, he runs like a four four forty. He looks like he's gonna be pretty beastly, and like we've been saying before. You know, there's there's rumors he could get drafted by the Packers in the first round. You know, he can go to like all these crazy different places, and it's it's just really tempting when you get see a receiver with that size and that type of speed capability. Getting back to the tight ends, though, Hawkinson's looking like a top ten pick, and uh, yeah, it looks it's wild. But I, you know, 
one of the things we we talk about all the time for fantasy football, you know, for real life football, I think the rookie tight ends play, but for fantasy football, rookie tight ends typically never produce. They're used as blocking dummies. Uh, yeah, they're, they're t- and you know, it normally takes them a little while to get into the NFL route running or whatever and how they're create how they specifically get mismatches and stuff like that. You know, it's sometimes tougher for them when they come into the league. So I typically don't try to draft them, but I think yeah. these guys are going to be immediate impact players in a real football sense on a team. Now, having said that, Rob Gronkowski did have eight touchdowns in his rookie year as a Patriot, and the Patriots have been heavily linked to whichever of the two Iowa tight ends makes it to them. Right. It's looking like Noah Fant right now. So it's looking like neither right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. They're so, both. But if like either one 15. of them gets there, good night. Like that's like that's an instant ninth round pick in fantasy drafts this summer. Oh yeah. Like they, everybody's just going to bank on like, Oh my God. Like they think they can replicate what they do with Grok, And as if that's so easy, uh, but no, yeah, I mean, fan Hawkins, it's so crazy that it's two tight ends because like, when was the last time that this really happened? Like Ebron. Yeah. And how did he turn out? Uh, he just got good. Thank God. He salvaged his career this year in Indianapolis. Yeah. He had oh, he was a touchdown machine. Unbelievable. What was that's it? Crazy. 15 he had? Yeah, I think so. That is really nuts. It is interesting. More than the, tight ends, the tight ends are really stealing the show with it. Um, but I do want to talk about some of these wide receivers before I, I butt in here. I, I want to give you guys the floor. Cause I know you have some certain players that you guys want to talk about. Maybe some late first, second round steals or, or some people in the first round we haven't got to yet. So when are you guys I mean, jump in? I mean, how could you not look at what DK Metcalf did at the combine and not just like see stars in your eyes. And I know that like I'm so there are on big him, red flags with his, um, with his lateral speed and route running and stuff. But like the dude was just a specimen. And if you get him with one of these, these guys that I, we at ruts have started calling these technicians, the golden Tates, the Antonio Browns of the world, if we can get DK Metcalf in there and like, hopefully with a, with an open mind to learn with one of these receivers that can really take him under his wing, Larry Fitzgerald, I think would be another, you know, just happen to bring him up again. But so I really want him to, to get into a good position and, and play well. So to me, DK Metcalf is Cordero Patterson. Like, okay. Like they're the same player, basically Except they're big yeah. and strong. DK and just fast. benches more. What D- DK literally, more. he just benches more, uh, right? Oh That's yeah. Like the yeah. There. He's completely, he's probably more jacked than maybe any NFL player ever. But when I see him, I just think Cordell Patterson. I really do. I think a return man. I think a guy who can run straight go routes, maybe give you some end rounds and stuff, but you know, it takes technical skill to be a good receiver yeah. in the NFL. And you know, he didn't really prove any of that in, in college. And uh, you know, just because he's one of the combine darlings, there's one, there's one every single year. Yep. And you know, you can ask Darius Hayward Bay how it went for him oh too. Or jo- I mean, John Ross still has time to prove it, but John I, Ross, good I, one. I remember John Ross. He ran like that super fast forty time. And my, I have this thing. It's it's kind of like Don, the hater of all things. I am the hater of all things when it comes to wide receiver combine stats. Like soon as DK Metcalf lit up the combine, I was like, I have to watch this guy every route he's run this entire and season. Pick him. Cause I don't trust him. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, this is this is my notes from from watching his everything I could find of his on YouTube. He runs an awesome vertical route, and he runs a very strong slant. He has a good slant because he can just sell the vertical and punch inside, right. and it's it's decent. But when it comes to curls, when it comes to digs, when it comes to outs, or uh, you know kind of like back shoulder comebacks if if that makes enough enough sense there. He just no, doesn't that's a have huge part of the NFL now. Yeah, he just doesn't have the ability to stop on a dime and turn around and come back to the football. Also, he uses his hands enough but to be acceptable for me but like not a ton and 
I watched his teammate AJ Brown, and I was just like, "This guy is such better. a better wide receiver than DK Metcalf," yeah. and uh, he is now my haterade winner of the NFL draft because I, <laughs> I, I got skeptical when when he ran that forty. He did the bench. I don't really care what he benches. You know what I mean? It doesn't do no. anything for me. And his Kevin shot- Durant couldn't bench press one hundred eighty five pounds at the NBA combine. Yeah. Exactly. I know they're different sports, but like, who cares? I right. mean, Marquise really Hollywood Brown, who's probably going to be one of the first wide receivers taken, is five nine and probably a buck six. 65 soaking wet, but that kid can burn and he can run routes and he can run every route. So, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Pete. When I saw that, I was like, you know, this is just another Greek Adonis that the combine has sent out to humble us and make sure we remember to watch NFL or to watch the actual film. Because like I brought up before the receiver that I really like Hakeem Butler, I, I just watched a, a video of him before it was about a 10 minute highlight of him just catching back shoulder balls, turning around and just jumping over people and catching balls. And that's what you want to see. And that type of highlight kind of garners itself toward the NFL, not just running straight and being faster because the NFL, you know, you're with the one percenters and it gets tougher. And us. Yeah. And also so. with DK Metcalf, you think the strong six, four frame would be super physical at the point of catching the ball. And he, he really wasn't, he was beating guys with speed. He wasn't beating guys with, without physicality. Physical. Yeah. Without physicaling them. So I'm, I'm, I'm. I want my team to stay away. I like. I'm, I'm a Giants fan. I'm so glad I'm not, not the only one there. that's. I'm glad I'm not the only one that feels that way. I so think, if he is Cordell Patterson, though, does he come into the NFL with <laughs> running back eligibility in fantasy? Because <laughs> Patterson so. got there by the end of this year. Well, he had to work his way there. I mean, it would be nice. Maybe tight end Jalen Samuels. <laughs> too soon. Yeah, a little too soon. Sorry. Sorry, Pete. No, it's all good. It's all good. That's some deep dive stuff that you get on the <laughs> Facebook podcast. That's what we live for. You need it. And honestly, I, I think I was going to bring this up before and I got distracted, but I think there was maybe like five different times I texted Scott during the season. I was like, yeah, I just got offered a trade and I'm so torn. I would just have to walk him through it. I feel bad. Like you're probably working through your day and you're like, oh, God, I got ah! to answer this my, kid's yeah. trade, <laughs> trade request. I get a text like that and my work day gets completely disrupted. <laughs> <laughs> it stops on a dime. Whoa, trade alert. Let me look. Yeah. I would, <laughs> and I would several just... of those get sent to the Ruts group chat. Like, hey, had a friend hit me up with this. And uh, yeah, like this one's know, a little too tough for just workshopped. me. We need, we need the whole gang yeah. to weigh in. Well, that's the type of We love it, man. Don't ever stop. Don't ever think you're imposing. We love it. Well, that's the type of effort you wouldn't have the podcast if we weren't gonna accept questions like that. Wait, there also was one time though, you gave me gave me the shout. I, I asked you a question. I was like, How do you feel about me picking up this guy? It seems a little crazy and you were like Wow, Pete, that's great. Listen to this episode. I swear you'll be happy. And it, like you guys talked about the guy I tweet. I was like, wow, this is, this is great. It feels like real personal stuff going on. Over yeah, that's right. You're, you're one of us now. You're learning <laughs> a little bit along the way, too. That's that's the beauty of it all. I also, quick aside before we get back and some other guys, I tried it out last year. I streamed my quarterback. Yes. I went for it. How'd it go? I, I um I made the playoffs. Um, of course you did. I did, your running backs and receivers were awesome. I did lose <laughs> my first round of the playoffs, uh, but that was more just based off of poor performances from my guys. My guys who were uh, my guys all year just shit the bed. Yeah, that's that happened to a lot of teams last year. Guess Adam Thielen. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, correct. Actually, correct. My wide receivers. Were oh, just I know. Yeah, silly. Yeah, so you know. Y- the only thing, you know, when we say it all the time, the only thing you can do is get yourself into the playoffs and give yourself a chance to win. If your best players crop the bed in the, in the last week of the season, like you said, there's nothing you can do about that. But when you have a bunch of different options at running back and your best player gets hurt and you can replace him with someone you drafted earlier instead of drafting a quarterback and you can just stream any old quarterback, which I think 
the quarterback stream field is going to be amazing this year. And you're going to be able to pick up whoever the heck you want. I think- I'm, it's going to be awesome. Again, you're going to be able to ride that to the playoffs again. And this year your big guys will come through and you'll win that championship. I think there are like legitimately 25 quarterbacks that I'm going to be like, I will start him any week as long as the matchups positive this year. Yeah, I know. And that's so not even including Mahomes great matchup. Great year for the stream. I'm yeah, also it's kind of sad though. One of uh, the favorite streamers or favorite by by joke, but at least uh, Rest Blake, in please break portals. Yes, correct. <laughs> Blake Bortles, man. I knew where you were going. You knew where I was but going there. Don't ever get it twisted. Blake Bortles would have cut his left arm off and still gotten you 50 in fantasy points <laughs> with his only his right arm. So much oh, respect man. for Blake Bortles. Oh, uh, that's Und- <laughs> And he should have been in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, yeah, actually, one of uh, his replacement, Nick Foles, uh, the most recent article I wrote on rutsff.com, you guys could check that out, is about him and how I think Didi Westbrook's going to be in for a big year. So check that out. I think Foles will actually be in for a pretty nice year for the Jags as well. Ooh, I mean, nice. he gets he gets Tennessee and Houston's defense. Yeah, he gets some, and Indy too. Indy, yeah, you know, he gets go. some favorable matchups. Some and shootouts and the Jags aren't anywhere near as bad as that record was last year. Nope. It just went off the rails yeah. for them. I think he he can write that ship real easily. Yeah, that's great stuff. That's why that's why you got to go to the Ruts FF on Twitter. Hit him up. RutsFF.com, read Scott's articles. Fantastic. Let's talk about some more players here. So I think yeah. me and Scott are on the same page here. AJ Brown, Marquise Brown over DK Metcalf. Another guy, Nikhil Harry, is uh one of these other ones who's just seeming to be loved. When you when you hear like the Todd McShays of the world just get giddy when they get to talk about these guys. Like right. if, if you listen to McShay in like a long form thing, I think when you hear him on like Sports Center hits, it's easy to be like, Oh, I hate that guy. He doesn't know nothing, right. he's never right. But like I listened to him with Ryan Rosillo. They did an hour together on the podcast today, and it's so enjoyable. You can tell the guys that jack him up, like Marquise right. Brown. He's so high on him, and those are some of the guys that he loved. And, I mean, you can say what you want about McShay and Kuyper and their crappy mock drafts, but they know these guys better than anybody. And uh, after yeah, doing— Yeah, well, you know, like kind of branching off that, you know what was really cool was one of the sleepers that I highlighted was Debo Samuel. And it was kind of just mm-hmm. because of his Debo name. I thought it was awesome, but I started, I was like, let me start looking up this guy. And I started looking into him. He's a receiver from South Carolina and he's just kind of a do it all type of guy. He's a good, really well-balanced receiver, but can return kicks and stuff. And so he'll get drafted in like the middle rounds. And he's kind of the guy, he gets a shot on a roster. He's going to impress people. And you know, I, I'm flipping through the channels and on ESPN, they're like, Hey, uh, Kirk Herbstreet, name one sleeper wide receiver. And he goes, Debo Samuel. <laughs> and that was just today. And well, I was sold. like, all right, I'm in, let's go. So <laughs> check out Debo Samuel. He's got my, he's got my blessing. He's got Kirk Herbstreet's blessing. How much more could you possibly need? I only needed you. <laughs> Don, anybody else that you want to make sure you, you get your two cents in on? Uh, I'm just pulling for Bryce love, man. I really am. He Cause in, I, he was, he in the I draft? was like all over him in this draft. He's in the draft. Yeah. yeah he's a he se- was a, he's senior, a senior. So and he, right. and he blew his knee out. So, you know, very similar to one of our darling tight ends on run up the score, uh, Jake, but yeah. like we just are rooting for him. I, me, I'm, I hope I'm assuming Scott and Tom are as well. We're just rooting like hell for him to get back and hopefully get drafted into a situation. And he's a guy to monitor because especially if you're in a dynasty league, you know, or, or a keeper league, you can kind of spend your 15th round pick on him. You can probably even drop him in the middle of the year to scoop him back up later, scoop him yeah. back up when the dust settles and you kind of know where you're standing and what your final lineup's going to look like for playoff purposes and everything. So if he ends up on a good team, like he's a guy to, so maybe worth a stash in dynasties and another uh, guy, another guy that I really like running back 
and he's not getting any credit. Like he's an Alabama running back and they're not hyping Josh Jacobs really like at all. And I didn't watch a lot of, I didn't watch a lot of college football. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first one to come out and say that, but every game I watch, this dude is a beast. He takes you back to that old school running back. Like he reminds me of like Larry Johnson from the chiefs or even like Brandon Jacobs, just these big physical bruising type of backs. You don't see him that much anymore, but that's this kid. He's, he was formerly homeless in middle school. I kind of like hearing the stories like that. So, you know, the kind of kid like that's going to come into the NFL hungry, ready to make a difference. He's looking like another back end first round pick. He can actually catch a lot better than those typical like hammer backs do. If I had to compare him to one guy, guy from Bama, I would say Mark Ingram. And uh, for those reasons, I'm excited to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so weird with running backs. I remember last year we did our podcast maybe a week before the season started. I I think maybe it was about like last week of August or something like that. And I asked August for sure. It was in August. Yeah. So I asked you guys like what rookies may have a real impact in fantasy, like besides Saquon and the quarterbacks. And, you know, you know, we shouted out like Nick Chubb and this and that, but it turned out there was some more than you would have expected. We had oh, yeah. Chubb. I mean, you had I don't think any of us Phillip mentioned Lindsay. Philip Lindsay, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> like it was crazy. And especially with the yeah. running back position, it becomes so I don't want to say random, but like there is value late. Yeah. And, and that's oh, yeah. and that's the thing. Like, don't ask us that question right now because we don't know. We got to see where these guys land. We got to see, you know, who gets the favorable positions. Like who's going to be the Sony Michelle who gets drafted to the Patriots because oh. of, you know, some fluke knee concern last minute. And then all of a sudden he's, you know, Sony Michelle's going to be like a third, fourth round pick this year. Sony Michelle's, you know, awesome. You he can hear stud. me sing the praises of him for a whole season last year. But uh, yeah, you know, guys like that. And you know, a guy like Jacobs is like that too, who can, who can kind of be a little low on everybody's radar because you know, his workload wasn't that big. But one of the things that I like about these guys who whose workloads weren't that huge in college is that they come into the NFL a little more fresh. You don't see like any tired legs out of them. Like when Derrick Henry started his career after getting like 5,000 carries in his first, in his three years at Alabama. Yeah. And now you see kind of Derrick Henry, like regaining his, his strength yeah. as he, as he gets less carries in a split with Deion Lewis. So you look at Melvin Gordon's rookie year in, in San Diego, now Los Angeles, like he was burnt out because you know, he's got Wisconsin 400 ball carries like five Wisconsin. zillion yeah. times yeah. in college and he gets to the NFL and everybody's as athletic as he is. And he's, you know, getting beat up worse than he's ever been before coming off of a 400 carry season, as Scott mentioned. I mean, you know, so it's just uh, the art, the running back is such a fluky position and you're, and you said it yourself, Pete, it's random. You know, it's it, like, these guys are, you guys are coming out of nowhere. Le'Veon right. Bell was a second round pick like, and now he's, you know, he revolutionized the position. There are some guys who, if I started saying these names to you, not you two specifically, obviously you guys are probably more well-versed than the average fantasy guy. Uh, but like I started yelling out, you Rashad Penny, Gus Edwards, shout out Staten Island. Like he's a hometown guy for me, but Gus yep. Edwards became a stud in the second half of the season. That's he, right. Was Royce Gus Edwards won you weeks this year. Carry on Johnson won you yeah. weeks in the middle of the season before he was hurt. Yep. So there's rookies all over the place. There's guys who are picked up you know, off the waiver wire and thrown into the starting lineup, like Jeff Wilson from the 49ers who can get you a solid week. It's all over the place. Like you said, but with rookies, it's nice because you know, you know, the the team has them for a reason. So, you know, even if they're in a backup role, they're kind of worth the stash because God forbid anything happens to the starter. And even in spite of that, they're going to get some work. Like you said, like even Rashad Penny saw a bunch of carries last year and he was the, he was the third back on that team. So, you know, they're going to get work, which makes them enticing and yeah. Major aside, I want justice for Jeff Wilson. 
because he was great last year, and now that the Niners have McKinnon oh, so coming gone. back and they got Kevin, Tevin Coleman, he's going to be buried. Yeah, he's buried. He's yeah. Poor guy. Well, My name Jeff. <laughs> you, know, you never know with the injuries, though. It sucks to say, yeah, but it's true. You're right. Yeah, it really does. Right. Um, all I guess just to name the running backs that are touted this year. Obviously, you said jo- uh, Josh Jacobs. There's the Penn State kid, Miles Sanders, and another right. Alabama guy, Damian Harris. I mean, outside of that, you don't really hear much about running backs this year. But we just gave you what five or six examples of guys who were really reliable in certain points of the season last year, who you will be picking up on your waiver wires, whether you know it now or not. Nope. I got, I got exist. one guy I think is going to end up being that his name is Kareth white. He went to FAU and uh, you know, he wasn't a big high touch guy. Like I said before, so he'll be coming to the NFL nice and fresh and ready to rip. And he's like a really good speed back, but he can do it between the tackles too. FAU, Florida Atlantic that... university backup running back Kareth white. Well, that's not where him. Lane Kiffin yeah. is, right? He's in Florida international. Is no, he? that's, that's, that's where he is. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Shout out Lane Kiffin. What a strange cat that guy is. No kidding. <laughs> All right. So I have nothing to add to that because it was just perfect. <laughs> As a, yeah. I, had nothing, I, had, I didn't even know where to go after that. I'm just going to do an awkward segue back to some prospects. Are there, <laughs> are there any guys uh, left that you want to mention before we say goodbye? No, other than Kareth White, that pretty much covered it. Like we said, it's kind of a tough class, but I think we're going to find out a lot oh, more. Yeah. I, I think we're going to find out like a lot more through through training camp. You know, once these guys actually get picked and once they get on teams and the draft status doesn't really matter, we're going to find out that there was actually a lot more skill position players than what we're being projected to be. That's that's my take on it. That these guys who are going in like the the, the late first, second, and third rounds, they're going to end up showing out to be like, oh, they were actually really talented, and we kind of just undervalued them. Will Greer from West Virginia was, I think, the only top touted quarterback that we didn't mention at all. Uh, probably because he's going to be the last guy out of that group to be taken and probably won't be drafted uh, Thursday night at all. His pro day um, saved him from being like a buried pick to someone yeah. who might be in the first, you know, like first two days. Yeah. I, right. I just hope that he goes to the team that's on hard knocks this year. Cause he just <laughs> seems like a good hard knocks guy. I like that. That's good. Absolutely. You know? That's, that's really it though. I mean, this is, um, you know, this draft will mean something to fantasy football purposes. It's just difficult to, the picture is very blurry right now as to how it's going to matter for drafts coming up in August. So but it's sure but it's exciting. never too early to start preparing. <laughs> it's sure exciting though. So yeah. that, that's why you need to look out for the run up the score fantasy football podcast post draft starting Ugh. back season three in yes. May with Don Scott and Tom Hillier. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to start just digging into your episodes as they come out. Um, also, I just want to I want to put my stock on AJ Brown. And and put it all there. He's my you wide receiver this year. Um, Calvin Ridley was my guy last year. He showed out, and I expect similar things of AJ Brown. He's not a guy who's like as you watch him, you're absolutely blown away with like one specific thing he does. But then when you watch him over and over again, you're like, oh, this guy just knows exactly what to do and is good at it. So he's my he's my wide receiver guy of the draft. The league is always going to have room for guys like that, right? There's always. always room for Adam Thielen and, and Edelman and guys who are uh, technically sound. It sounds like he is too. And if not, Bill Belichick will make a roster spot for him. No problem. <laughs> He'll find a way. Yep, that's true. Julian right. Edelman can't play forever. L- last, last <laughs> thing. Wish he could. Before we say goodbye, last things. I just want your prediction. The big three for the sports blog New York podcast. Number one pick, Jets top pick, Giants uh, top pick slash quarterback. Ooh. Um, number one pick, Kyler Murray. I'm a genius. 
Uh, so- sources. Jets, the Jets are going to trade out of their pick, so I don't know who they're going to take because I don't know where they're going to end up, but I'm calling that they're going to trade out of the pick. Okay. And the Giants are going to take uh, Devin White. I'm, I'm not, I didn't listen to Scott talk about it for as long as he did to go against them. I trust them. Appreciate it. I trust them with my life. Yeah, I'm with uh, Kyler Murray. I'm with Devin White. I think the Jets, I, I hope they trade out of it. I'm saying the clock runs down and they end up not trading out of it and they draft Quinn and Williams, which is fine. No problem with that. But uh, my hope is for them to trade out. My, my thought is that they'll end up with Quinn and Williams pick three. Can I give a bonus prediction? Yes. Iron man is going to bite the dust in Avengers Endgame. Oh, boy. Uh, I think it's just his time. It's not a spoiler. I have no idea. No, of course. Captain America is a lock to die too. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, I think the battle of Winterfell, uh, this Sunday on game of Thrones is going to be the best episode of the series. Wow. Of the series. Yes. How would you feel if I told you I don't watch game of Thrones? Well, I would say that, uh, you should. And if you don't, then that's fine too. Oh, well, that, but was should. that was good. That was extremely nice of you to say. Most people would just say, well, this podcast is over. <laughs> well, listen, I'm like, but you should, in, we are in the age of media consumption that we've never known before. Like, like you have so many options to watch. Like, why would you watch an, a series that has eight seasons already where every episode's almost an hour? Like you don't have that kind of time. You run a very successful podcast. You oh, have wow. a full-time job. Like that's nice. But th- you should watch it. Like you own, there's only so much time in your day. And if you know, with all that said, you should watch it. It's really good. It's really, really good. You Scott. should, if you can carve the time out or if you need, if you can find like a streaming buddy or a binge buddy to do it with, like, you know, it, it's good. Just be careful because, you know, a two episode binge can turn into a six hour binge before the blink of an eye. That's so, what that's yeah, what I'm afraid be of. Careful. That's what I'm afraid of. I already go to bed way too late. I already watch yeah. the most meaningless basketball games throughout the NBA season. <laughs> like, Do you I, mean like the, the one where the Brooklyn Nets are trying to dramatically <laughs> erase a 40 point deficit in the playoffs? All I'll say is that if the Raptors <laughs> magic were playing on a Monday night in February, I might also be watching. Hey, <laughs> hey, I don't blame you. I love Nicole. I respect Kuchovic. that devotion. <laughs> uh, all right. So Don's on wax. Scott's on wax. If Josh Rosen, last thing, if Josh Rosen's not on the Cardinals, he's on who? Go. Miami Dolphins. Okay. Washington Redskins. Don says Dolphins. Scott says Redskins. I'm going to say Josh Rosen is a New York Giant. And that's because. I hope you're right for your sake. It's because I want him to be. It's not because I think he's going to be. So I'll, I'll, ah, say, I'll say hope. That as well. Yeah, <laughs> good old hope. The right? strongest of drugs. He's a Giants fan. He still has that hope. The Jets fans, they, they've lost hope a long, long time ago. No, the That's thing is, game. though, I really don't have hope. I don't. And don't <laughs> let should've... Giants fans fool you that they have hope. There's no reason nope. for us to have hope. There's no, no reason. No. There's no your reason. Hope is, your hope, your best hope is wearing a Browns jersey now. <laughs> so I don't know what you want me to I don't know what else to say about that. All right. Do the Knicks get the fifth pick or the first pick in the lottery? What's going on? First lottery's rigged. Let's go Zion. <laughs> Let's How go. amazing is it going to be when they get the second pick, though? Uh, oh, amazing! No, is don't even say be. that. Don, Zion to Don. New York. That's what we need. Honestly, Just because, Don, like they, I'd be so yeah. happy with the second pick and not the fifth. So I'll take it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's I'll true. Take it. All right. Well, I don't want to hold you guys up for too much longer. I will say to the listeners, we talked about it before. I may or may have not had a chance to see Avengers Endgame tonight why we recorded this podcast and I turned it down to do this with you guys. Don't ever question. I'll never Pete's forget commitment that to his audience ever. <laughs> That's only we partially. Never forget that. It's only partially if you true. Told, 
if you told me if like if you canceled on us at the last minute and told us that's why I would have been like I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I like that's all it would have been. I wouldn't have been mad. It was just like, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah, no, it's only partially true. There were some other yeah. circumstances, but I did think to myself, if I called them right now and said, "Hey, guys, I'm sorry, I have tickets to the Avengers premiere," I would have. Th- I thought you guys. We would have been, been begging you to go. Yeah, yep. you've been. Why would you do a <laughs> podcast with us right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm on my way. <laughs> Run up the score, fans football. Don Wagonblast, Scott Wagonblast. This was a blast. Sorry. Um, oh no, that's uh, I love it. That's great. <laughs> Check out Ruts FF on Twitter and RutsFF.com. This has been a blast, and I like to do this to my guests. Any last words to say goodbye? I guess we already Avengers. did that, right? Avengers Endgame. Keep scoring. Keep scoring. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Sports Block New York podcast. Thanks for listening. Whatever it takes. <laughs>